Folks, check it out. The following interview is with Adam Klink, the man who ran a 456 mile and squatted 500 pounds in the same day. An absolutely mind-blowing achievement. We talk a little bit about his training leading up to that process. We talk a little bit about why and how he came to the decision to actually pull it off, You know how impressive he feels it is. And just to put a little bit of a button on this thing, Adam is going to be pretty humble about it, right? He he's gonna he's not gonna blow it up, and you know he's he sounded as if he was almost surprised that so many people cared that he was able to pull this off. But to me, this is like the first person to run a sub four minute mile. This is something that's going to open the doors and inspire an entirely new avenue of possibility when it comes to people's capabilities of physical fitness. So hats off to him. Absolutely impressive performance. Very, very cool guy. I'm really happy that I get a chance to talk to him. And uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy the interview. So check it out. Let me know what you think. I'll see you guys next time. Adam, thank you so much, first of all, for uh, hopping on and uh, you know spending a little bit of your day talking about what I think is a very, very impressive feat of strength and fitness, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. 500 pound squat, 456 mile, uh, you know, definitely the first person I know who's been able to do this. And, um, the, the, I've seen some keyboard warriors out there saying that there's like hundreds of athletes, like hundreds of D one football players who could pull this off. What do you, what do you think? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? I mean, I was, kind of expecting that once I did it, at least somebody would step out and say that they've done it. But I've yet to see a video, not to say that it hasn't been done, but I think I've been at least the first person who proved it on camera. And, you know, the the only person that I have heard of who's ever been able to do something like this is Alex Viata, who runs like his own hybrid athletics training program thing. And he... I don't remember what times that he said he'd been able to do, but you know, he squatted in a suit and you know, he like a multiply suit and he, he was like a, a big, like, you know, do the most disparate training possible type guy. So he said that he was able to do it, but that was years, like I'd say probably eight or nine years ago at this point. And I'm not sure he ever produced any sort of like video evidence that he was able to do it at the same time, much less, you know, maybe over the course of a year but on the same day is totally different. Yeah, and I think that is probably the one thing that would set this apart is for it being on the same day. Like when I was 170 pounds in high school, I ran a 456 mile, but it was was actually 1600 meters. It wasn't the full 1609. But then when I was 26, I hit a 500 pound back squat. So if I just listed my stats, I've technically already done both of those before there was a 50 pound weight difference in about 10 years, but (laughs) so yeah, no. And again, I'm sure there's, there's people who've done both in their lifetime, but I think it's very, two very different styles of training. Um, And I'm sure we'll get into this, but when I trained, I had to be very careful when I trained for sure. Actually, I really do want to get into that. You know, we can, we can talk a little bit more about, you know, your, your size and your lifetime PRs and stuff and how it all came together. But I, I, what I'm curious about is, where and when did you make this decision to actually go for this thing? And then how did you go about developing the ability to do this, developing the capacity? 
Yeah. So for one, I just want everybody to know that like, yes, I had been a little bit more specifically training for this for about 10 weeks, but like this was like 10 plus years of work in the making and it's accumulation of my background and the people that I've surrounded myself with and um, it just kind of the constant work ethic. And so it wasn't just 10 weeks and, and, and I could do this. And I also wasn't starting at like a seven minute mile and a 350 pound back squat. Like I was fairly close on both of them. So I do just want people to realize that first of all, but yeah. So you're not um, going to release like the 10 weeks to the 505 program interested in that programming and what I basically added to my training. So I think I will put that out there. I'm almost wrapped that up. I actually hit this two weeks early than I was planning on for the programming. So people are actually following my real time programming a week behind. Uh, so I do have to program two more weeks or I might put in like, two early weeks just to like build a base. But um, to answer your question, uh, I guess it pops into my head maybe, you know, I heard about it in Dave Castro's book. And I think actually the first time I heard about this was in my level one and that was like eight years ago. That's the first time I heard anything of, you know, the balance between, you know, a power lifter who can squat a thousand pounds and a marathon runner who can run a sub two minute marathon. And we want to try to be right in the middle. And then Dave Castro released in his book that statement that, that, you know, developing a test of a mile run and the back squat and the whole concept of the five and five. And so actually two years ago, I attempted this and I attempted to train for this. I'm not sure if anybody remembers that, but I hashtag 459-500. Dave Castro actually threw a story up and called me out. So I was like, oh crap, I gotta do this. <laughs> and um, I failed, right? So I trained and I probably did too much volume, especially on the running side for my body weight. And I got some bad plantar fasciitis, I got injured and I had to shut down my training. So I got to like a 517 and a 500 pound squat then. So that was two years ago. That's, that's uh, you know what? No, that's, that's very pedestrian, Adam. That's not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, <here's my> story. <laughs> so I feel like I have a rare combination of I have a background playing college sports I played soccer in college granted I was a goalkeeper but we were still held to the same standards for the fitness tests and quite honestly once you get to that level the goalkeepers are more fit than field players um, whether you realize that or not but um so I've had that background in the running. So I've always had good endurance. I've always been one of the, the fittest kids on my soccer team when I played. And then just the being around people like the Smith brothers who have that work ethic and, you know, we lift all the time and Ben and I throughout the years, we've had different races with each other, with, with each other to hit. So you can be the first to 500. Then it was who could be the first to 550. Uh, and so I've had that weird combination of that strength and endurance, especially in my lower body, being a soccer player. And I just have always kind of in the back of my head had this feeling like, man, I think I can do this. And I really didn't do this to prove anything to anybody. Like I wouldn't have cared if somebody had done it before me or I just wanted to do it for me and prove to myself that my body could do something like that. So uh, tell me a little bit about the training involved here i had a, a buddy of mine to put this in context one of the reasons why i'm asking this specifically is I, a buddy of mine is you know an athletic freak he's like super super strong 
and he's super fit, like D1 collegiate guy, like near pro, but friends with like a ton of pro athletes. And he messaged me after, you know, the, the video came out that you, you did this. And he was like, this, this guy is a mutant. Like this is, this is an unbelievable, like people are saying that people, other like professional athletes can do this. There's no way that they could do it. This guy's a mutant. And if you tell me that he just like added two days of running into his, into his programming, I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself off a bridge or something. <laughs> no, it was more, it was more than two days of running. I promise. But yeah, I can I can talk about that a little bit. So I knew from the first time I did this that I had to limit my volume a little bit, just because I think at my body weight, I'm, I weighed myself when I did it, I was 216 pounds, just the, the impact of the running. And if I'm running three times a week on top of squatting, it's just a lot on my on my joints, my knees, my ankles, my feet. So I have, um, he's a member of the gym, he ran for Virginia Tech, his name is Rick Burrow, he actually helped me with programming my track workouts because I mean I could do it but I honestly like following somebody with a little bit more experience right always seek out people who are better than you and you know hopefully you'll follow but uh, so I divided my running into three days and there were three different type runs so the first run every week was a 20 minute tempo run it was 20 minutes every time that was it and I think the first time I did that tempo run, I was maybe I held an eight minute pace and held that for the whole time. And by the end of 10 weeks, I was doing that holding of a 645 pace for 20 minutes. So wow. that was just something capacity wise that I just kept working on. So every time I tried to shave like 10 to 15 seconds off my pace and I built that up over time. So that was just kind of laying the foundation. It was, you know, anywhere from two and a half to almost three miles, but not so much where it was putting me into the ground. So I would always have to take at least a day in between my running just to give myself time to recover. So my second session would be a road interval. So not on a track, just run around the gym and in the neighborhoods. I thought I was crazy. They saw me multiple times a week, but it would be like harder intervals. So it would start with like a five minute jog as a warm up, And then it would be something to the extent where it was work and then rest, uh, whether it be 30 seconds, one minute or two minutes, kind of, kind of those time domains where I would have like, for example, it would be something like three sets of two minutes hard, one minute rest, one minute hard, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds hard, two minutes rest. And it was like maybe two and a half miles of hard running, and that was it. And then my third session a week would be a track workout. I would go there, Rick would meet me at the track, and again, warm up, do some strides, but it was fast running. So there was 800s and less, and everything was at or below that five minute mile pace. So again, the volume wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't going out and running five, six, seven, 10 miles at a time. I already had the endurance and, and not just from running, like you gain endurance from just doing CrossFit workouts. And that's what, how I train. And so I had a good, a good base to start with. But I think the thing that people are going to lose in this is the intensity that I trained and ran at. I mean, I was working up towards, you know, 95 to 100% effort on, you know, the majority of these runs. And it's one thing to go out and run 20 minutes to go run 20 minutes. It's another thing to be uncomfortable and pushing the tempo or, you know, literally trying to shave seconds off 400s when you're training in track workouts. So I think the intensity aspect of my training is what's hard to replicate. What was the 
turning point? Because I know you gave this a shot a couple of weeks ago and you were just shy of that. That mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, just shy. It was like you ran another, what, like a 512? Right? Yep. So, you know, what, what was the turning point in the past couple of weeks where, you know, you realized, all right, I think I, I've got this. I can take, you know, 20 seconds off or 15 seconds off my time. So it was funny. It, it was, oh, oh, sorry, my dog's barking. Oh, it's all good. Uh, it actually was going to be, I was going to retest in four weeks. So that was kind of like a midway, two thirds of the way, like just test. I wanted to run like a good effort mile at like a 90% effort. I wanted to be able to walk away from the mile and feel okay and feel like I had a little bit more. And that went a little better than expected. So two, two more weeks come. Actually, the week goes by and I'm like starting to fall apart and my plantar fasciitis is coming back and not, it's not an excuse. It's just, I couldn't train. I felt that I wasn't going to be able to train at that intensity for another four or five weeks, however long I needed to. So I felt that with another good week of training, I decided to use a pacer, which I'm actually surprised nobody's ragged me for that. But (laughs) I I felt that I, I, but in my head, I'm like, that's no different than Dane running behind me for the mile that we did. Right. So I used a pacer um, and I thought the combination of, again, those two more weeks of training, I did some really hard running those two weeks and I got to that weekend and I said to myself, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to shut down training again because I'm just just not sure how, like I'm doing more damage to my body right now than um, I'm helping. So like a few days before I hate needles, I got dry needled. I was doing things that I wouldn't normally do just to, just to be able to perform and it all kind of came together, um, you know, between my nutrition and how I was staying hydrated and how my body was feeling. I got there that day and I said, there's not going to be a better time. So I went for it. So how did you balance the running training with your squat? Like my, my read of the situation was you'd run really fast before as a high schooler, you'd put on a bunch of, of size and you'd squatted, you know, 550 at some point in the past few years. And it's like, okay, well, if you lose 10% or 11% of your squat and you get into, you know, getting a little bit faster. Like that was my read of, of how this had to come together. So how did you balance actually keeping your squat at 500 pounds while doing all this work? Yeah, kind of. And I heard you talk about that in your last episode. And so the, the 550 pound squat, I trained specifically for that. Like, like I was eating 6,000 calories and I was squatting almost every day and there was half as much CrossFit going on. <laughs> so, um, but I will say, so I did an initial test before I started any of this training and I ran a 546 mile, I think I back squatted for 475. So I did have to build my back squat up a little bit, but I think just from throughout the years and being up at that weight multiple times in my training, I feel like it's easier to gain that strength back for some reason. I don't know, maybe you develop stronger muscle fibers or more muscle fibers. It, I don't know. It just seems a little easier to get back up there. So it took me a few weeks to get back up to 500. And I would say the last four weeks of my training before I hit this mile. So I would squat Tuesday and Thursday, not a ton of volume. Like I was there, it was kind of maintenance. It was holding on to that strength while I was increasing my endurance. And it would be like no more than four or five working sets. But again, like when I squatted, it was the effort and intensity in every single one of my squats. I treated every rep, even if it was a set of five reps, like I was maxing out and trying to put as much force into the ground as I could and trying to stand up out of my squat as fast as I could. I wasn't just completing the reps to get them done. 
there was a greater focus in basically trying to make the weight feel as light as I could. I think that's something that really helped me too, which is I think undervalued when you're squat, not just squatting to hit it, but squatting to make the weight feel light. If that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I, I watching your, watching your sets from like, you know, the attempt that you had a couple of weeks ago and the successful one this past Sunday, you were squatting like the 135. It was still doing the, like all the way through the rep. And I was like, Oh man. I was putting in the same effort for those reps as I was for the 500. And, yeah. and that's the goal, especially when I work up, is making every set feel light until I get to that last weight. And then I feel like I got a shot. Um, but where I'm going with this is, so I threw a third day of squats in the last four weeks. So every Friday, I would do my hard run in the morning. And then in the afternoon, end of the week, I've done however many training sessions, include, including still doing tr- CrossFit, training with Ben, training with the guys at the gym. That didn't stop. So tired, end of a Friday, I maxed out. And so I would try to hit that 500 pounds. And that was more the mental side of it for me. Like if I knew for that week I could hit it, I knew when time came for when I tested it that I would be confident to hit it. And I failed it one time. I failed it. I failed it. The week after I hit the 512 mile. Oh no. Talk about head games. Like I remember going to bed like Ben, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Like I can't, I'm, I'm losing strength. I can't, I gotta stop running. <laughs> but I mean, talk about head games with this whole thing. And I mean, it's it's really, it really became a game of inches in that balance between keeping the strength and keeping on increasing my endurance and capacity and it was almost it was kind of a game of cat and mouse and and not letting one get too far ahead of the other yeah that's that to me is is one of the reasons why this is so impressive it there the squat and the the mile run are related in that they're mostly leg and posterior chain movements, right? Like you got to have strong and, and, and powerful legs and posterior chain to be able to do either of those things. But keeping that like very fine line, it's it. So one of the ways I was thinking about this was, is it more impressive to do the 500 and the five or like a 600 pound squat and a six minute mile? And I actually think the 500 and the five is way more impressive. I don't, I it's looking at, and that's one of my problems that I shouldn't do is look at people's comments on here, but <laughs> I don't think people realize the work it takes to go from a 515 mile to a sub five minute mile. The faster you get, the harder it is to shave seconds off. And like in my head, and again, it's not knocking anybody, but like, I feel like a lot of people could deadlift 600 pounds and run it. I feel like I, and I'm not gonna put this out there, but I feel like if I trained my deadlifts at 575, if I trained for a few weeks, I could hit pull a 600 pound deadlift and run a six minute mile. Like the six minute mile. Right. It's not, it's just not, I don't want to knock it, but I just, I just, I don't think people realize again, I feel fat. I felt super fast and confident when I ran the 512, but again, the 512, five, you know, 49 is a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that I think is the rub, right? And, you know, seeing some comments, I think it's, it comes from a place, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. It just comes from a place of not knowing, not understanding how challenging developing either of those things is much less keeping one and 
and having the other also happen at the same time. Uh, you know, most of us, almost everyone watching or listening to this doesn't know a single person who can run a sub five minute mile. Or if they do, it's like one person that was a runner in high school and did it, yeah. you know, as a, as a collegiate runner or something like that. Or, and it's the same thing with that 500 pound squat. Most of us don't know people who can squat 500 pounds, but chances are if we did, we'd know a few of them because they're probably football players and did it in college. Like the, the post pro or collegiate athlete crowd that can do either of those things is such a small portion of the population. It's almost, you almost don't, you can't relate to it because you don't know how challenging it actually is to get there. Um, so now that the, you know, you've done it, you've knocked it, you like hit it off your bucket list. It, it, it feels great. I'm sure, you know, the, the question that a ton of people have isn't necessarily like, oh, is it super impressive or not? It's like, who else can do it? So what do you think? Who, who else do you think can do it? It's, I don't know. It's again, it's that, I think it's the mile that, that gets everybody. Um, I mean, obviously everybody immediately goes to Matt just with how, how fit he is. Um, you know, I think he's still a little off on both, but I, there's definitely some people where if they focus their training on it, I could see them hitting it. I know, for example, Scott Pancheck has a 500 pound back squat. I've seen him do it in our gym and he seems like he can hit it pretty consistently. The question is, can he dial his mile down and keep the squat? Um, obviously Ben, who I train with, like he would have, again, if he, if he trained for it, he, he kind of has the body type and he's had the back squat. He knows how to get there. He's maybe at a 530 mile. Again, that would be somebody potentially with the right training. But like even those people, it would still be very, very hard. And maybe that is also because they're trying to balance out, you know, a whole a whole lot of other aspects of their training as well that it's not quite as focused on. And I mean, for me, it's like there's no competition going on. So sure my gymnastics has definitely suffered or my olympic lifting you know what i'm saying other other things have taken a little bit of a hit to focus on these things um it's not to say i'm not not working on them but um i don't know do you have a any any i, guess? I don't i don't that's some the people, thing some people have one or the other and it's just a question of if they can hold what they have and again as far as games athletes go like i don't know anybody that's had a 550 squat and can afford to lose some strength to gain some running like I think you know that 500 is a hundred percent effort and if they do train the mile maybe they lose some of that I, I mean that's the question that's that is that is the question to me you know I, I I can't I can't think of any sport that this would exist in you know some people mentioned maybe rugby I mentioned decathletes. I heard that, yeah. I don't think rugby will do it because it's too power-based. It's still too much of like a sprint, start-stop sprint type yeah. uh, endurance. A little bit more endurance, but a little bit like football, yeah. Yeah, it's too cl it's too close to football. On the spectrum of soccer to football, it's too close to football to, yeah. to train that. And they're too big. Yeah, and you're never going to have a soccer player who can obviously run never. that, be able to squat anything near never. that. Zero percent. Oh, from experience, I mean. <laughs> and also another point that needs to be brought up is, you know, all the all the sort of weight room heroes that we hear about on, in these on these teams that might be able to do one or the other. Like how many of them are actually burying those squats? 
And the answer to that is like goose egg. You know what I mean? It's just not happening. There's a few. I mean, you get like a Saquon Barkley or something and you're like, oh, okay, that's well, he is, he, he's, he's, a, he's an exception. He's a special yeah, exception. You got those guys. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think again, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's certainly going to open the door. And I think that's something that needs to be recognized that the fact that you have proven that it's possible, not just like theoretically possible. Oh, like, you know, I guess I could see it occurring, but the fact that you've proven that it's possible, I think is going to open the door. Like we'll see, I'm not sure if this, uh, I think I edited this out of the video that I made, but my prediction is we'll see probably within the next year to 18 months, another five or so people do this. I was saying even in the, in the next two or three months, you might see a person pop up just because it's there's a greater spotlight on it. Again, it's, it's out there now. And quite honestly, like what else are the majority of people training for right now? You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. And plus, you don't really need a lot, uh, a lot it, of things to you know, get this it, done. It's so easily accessible. You could get somebody who has you know, doesn't even have their own gym, just has a squat rack in the garage. And, you know, you, you know, Tommy Hackenbrook, right? I know of him. I think we might've shot each other a message here and there on, on Instagram, but that's probably about it. I know he's been working towards it. Yeah. He, so, so people who don't know who Tommy is, Tommy was uh, like on the podium at the 2009 CrossFit games as like a rookie. And he's, 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 competed at the games many many times i think the last time he was at the games individually it was like 2014 he was like top 10 then uh yeah, and he's, he's a large he's old now. sorry tommy he is, he is very old now he is very old <laughs> and very broken now uh and he was he was a, a collegiate football player d1 uh champion national champion uh he he's the one who started the whole like making teams super and and winning back-to-back crossfit games team championships so he's he clearly has the fitness pedigree um, and he's a larger guy, so he kind of has the body for it. But I was talking to him I've, for years. He's been talking about trying to put together, you know, three, four, five months of training to actually do both these things. Because I think he's squatted well over 500 before and he's run close to five minute miles. So he's kind of in the same space that you were. But, you know, he's he's old as shit at this point, And it's just, you know, the body isn't what it used to be. He's got on me, so that, that definitely hurts you. That's true. That's very true. So, you know, it's not just his age. It's not just – it's his life choices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, Tommy, Tommy is, you know, a, an athletic specimen. And he hasn't been able to put this together either. And, and in the cross space, you know, that's kind of what you need. You need to be – like a very specific body type. You're not going to get a guy who's 185 pounds or 190 pounds who's going to be able to pull this off. You know, I and a shorter guy isn't either. I think the mile is the hardest to get, but I think if you're a lighter athlete, it's going to be almost impossible to build that back squat up. Right. Right. Well, dude, I am really excited to see um i'm excited to see other people try this you yeah know? so dane smith the the youngest smith brother he's gonna give it a try in a week and a half here because we've been doing the programming together so i actually jumped the gun and i did it before we actually planned to do it we we're actually scheduled to do it in a week and a half and i just felt like i was ready so i jumped the gun get him but, that same pacer she was amazing so I, I'll shout her out. Her name is Amanda Smith. She ran for Virginia Tech, and she was like one of the top runners in the conference. 
her last thing she did track wise was she paced Olympians to make the Olympics. Wow. But anyway, she, she runs like a 432 mile, like lap two. She's talking to me while we're running and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, she, was just, she was just she just went for a, a nice job do you do you have an idea are you are you gonna try and do like another sort of ridiculous fitness stunt like this or are you just are you just I, trying to get some sleep at this point yeah maybe some sleep but um i've always been a competitive crossfitter and i like to compete in that so i think it'll really depend what the landscape is next year for the games and for that whole season. So I think my goal has always been to just compete at a high level. So it just kind of worked out where there was no competition. I missed that on the sanctional because all the sanctionals got canceled this year. So this was just kind of my thing to do. I'm, I'm all about goal setting and I don't know. I don't, I'm not very motivated if I don't have a goal. So, and that's kind of what I want to encourage people to do during this time coming out of quarantine is set some goals for yourselves. You know, I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame because a lot of people aren't familiar with what you do, right? Like they 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 don't they know Ben, they know Alec, they they might know Dane. You know, they've heard CrossFit Krypton behind the scenes, but they don't know they don't know you. They they don't know what what you're able to do, which is it, it. It I think it's a consequence of kind of the season structure. It's like if you don't make it to the games, it's really difficult to get a lot of uh, eyeballs and attention. But you've been on the cusp of making it to the games, like very, very close. You had a you had a pretty decent showing in the open this year. You know what was like a hundred and thirtieth, hundred and twenty something. So you're, you're there. You know what I mean? Like you're you're the capacity is clearly there. It's just a couple couple things that need to be dialed in and, and get like a a good competition uh, weekend you know, and the right people around you. Yeah. But I've always, um, I've always sort of known you as like the fridge, not like Ben's fridge, but like the fridge at CrossFit <laughs> Krypton, like this big dude yeah. who's hanging with these guys who are 20 pounds lighter than him and still crushing CrossFit while, you know, squatting hundred pounds more than anybody else in the room. Uh, so I just think I think I think people should I think people should start paying a little bit more attention to you know the the capacities of some of the other people in the room when it comes to when it comes to fitness like this. Because we're big doesn't mean we can't still move. I guess that's right. That's right. You can still do some handstand pushups and toes to bar. Like get after it. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's super cool. I'm really excited. Hopefully, Dane pulls it off. I think I've heard. Yeah, man, I'm hoping. I, if I mean with twins, with with twin babies, that'd be that'd be funny. He might that'd make be... a cake if he does that with twins. I have to. Say. <laughs> yeah, you, the divisions are gonna end up being, you know, like the the people who are able to do this with or without children, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, so how can how can people uh, how can people follow you? Uh, you know, if if people want to watch your stuff, I know you have a YouTube channel. Like, where can people find all that stuff? Yeah. I'm not very good at YouTube. I kind of just started to throw these videos up and I think morning chalk up asked me what my YouTube was. And I said, uh, I guess it's my name. Like my YouTube channel is my name, Adam Clink. There you I go. Kind of, all my social media platforms are just at Adam Clink. Perfect. That's perfect. Well, Adam, again, super impressive. Uh, you know, I would take my hat off, but I'm wearing these headphones. Uh, and I also haven't washed my hair in weeks, so you don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Neither has my wife, so. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's very, very impressive. Thank you so much for showing the world that this is possible. Uh, you know, being sort of the the first guy to do it, uh, you know, breaking that barrier, I think, for people is, is going to be really inspiring for a large group of people. 
and uh, you're you're always going to be the first, man. So congratulations. I, I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on, and hopefully, I can inspire some people to re reach whatever the, their goals are. So.